your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily Blues content. I'm Josh Hyman. I'm going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today, talking a little bit more about the Blues victory over the San Jose Sharks last night, going a little bit more in detail. I know Tommy and I talked about it on the most recent episode, but I'm going to talk about it a little bit more. Uh, And then I'm going to be previewing the Blues versus Stars matchup this weekend, Saturday night. Huge divisional matchup there. Chance for the Blues to continue positive momentum. And then third segment, sort of going to be talking about the youth movement of the St. Louis Blues, you know, looking at the point leaderboard, seeing, seeing Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas up top. Uh, just talking about what that sort of means for the St. Louis Blues moving forward, having the young guys contributing as much as they are. But before I get into that, I want to thank anyone and everyone out there who is making Lockdown Blues your first listen. We like to make these short 20-minute, 30-minute bite-sized episodes. That way you're waking up, having your morning cup of coffee, your quick commute to work. You can throw an episode on, get caught up on all your Blues news and all that stuff. So we appreciate anyone out there who is making us your first listen. But without further ado... Let's get into last night's game between the St. Louis Blues and San Jose Sharks. Now, Tommy and I talked about it uh, last night after the game on that that episode, so I'm not going to go too much in-depth, but I do want to hit a few points that I think we didn't talk about um, last night. Um, And the first thing I want to say is it's kind of easy to – it's kind of funny to forget how the Blues almost went down a goal early in that game. You know, they got – it was pretty obvious offsides and the goal got overturned. But, you know, we're sitting here talking about how the Blues did a really good job of just sort of taking command of that game and, you know, controlling possession the whole time. It was a, it was pretty close to to being a, another deficit for the Blues early on with that Couture goal that got overturned by the offsides. And that sort of brings me to the point where I think it's important to, to acknowledge not just that they got the win, but just how they played in general. Because I honestly think that if that Logan Couture goal stood at the beginning of the game, it would have been a lot closer of a game uh, than it was last night. Blues could have even lost um, just based on giving up, giving up that first goal. You know, it's always a backbreaker. Um, but the point stands, you know, the Blues have continued to rebound off of getting goals scored against them, even though that one got overturned. Um, I think the the belief, at least my belief, would have been that it wouldn't have really slowed them down. Um, because in pretty much every single loss besides the loss to the Arizona Coyotes, the Blues have done a very good job of not allowing their opponents to just completely capture momentum and sort of run away with the game. We saw it in both games against um, Edmonton and Carolina over the weekend before that loss against Arizona, where they sort of continued to give up back what could have been back-breaking goals, but instead of just letting... Carolina or Edmonton capture the momentum. The Blues did a really, really good job of battling back and tying the game up. They, you know, they they went down one goal many times in those games and they tied it up. Obviously, both games they ended up losing, but the the battle and the strength that the Blues showed to stay in those games against two really solid teams is um, is exciting and is you know it, it's, it's a good sign for the rest of the season. And I think that we sort of saw that in the in the game last night against San Jose, even though that first goal didn't count, it definitely, you know, it, it was 
uh, a mistake on the Blues part. You know, they let they let Kachir get a good scoring opportunity. They let the Sharks get a bit of an odd man rush. And yeah, it was offsides, but it was definitely a mistake made by the Blues that the Sharks capitalized on. And it could have been they could they could have taken that, and the Sharks could have used that as momentum and said, you know, dang, we we got we almost got one, you know, but we know how to crack the code. We know how to get past Jordan Binnington. But from that point on, or Philly Huso, sorry, from that point on the Blues really didn't look back and they didn't allow the Sharks any breathing room. You know, the Sharks had their one uh, their one opportunity early on that got called back. And then after that, it was all Blues the whole time. The score was 4-1, but it, it could have been a lot higher if James Reimer, you know, wasn't playing as, as stellar as he was. Um, sort of a f- reverse script of the, the Coyotes game where I honestly think the Coyotes could have had you know, five, six, seven goals against the Blues if they converted on their opportunities a little bit more. I think the Blues could have put easily put up a five or six spot um, against the Sharks with just the amount of shots that they put on James Reimer. Um, it it asked a lot of him, and he stepped. He stood up to the task. Reimer looked really solid for the Sharks. Uh, he let in a one or two goals that I think maybe he would have wanted back, but just with the pure volume of shots that he was facing. Um, it's, it's amazing that the Blues didn't put up more goals, especially with the way that they were playing earlier in the season. But that being said, I think we finally kind of saw a glimpse of the St. Louis Blues of the first few games of the season in that game against the Sharks because they put up four goals. They put up almost 50 shots. Um, and we saw it sort of come from all different aspects. Brandon Saad got two goals. Uh, but Robert Thomas finally got his second goal of the season. He's been firing pucks on net left and right, finally coming through for him. And Jordan Cairo continues to dominate for the Blues as well. So they got contributions from all around. It wasn't just like they were relying on one line to generate offense. It was, you know, any one of the four forward lines out there was generating offense at some point. Um, and, it, and it definitely helps that all the, the line shifts that Craig Berube made, the shuffling. Perunovic continued to look like an absolute monster out there. Um, wise beyond his years, does not look like a player playing in his second NHL game with the reads that he was making and the passes that he was making. Um, I'm going to be talking about all of that a little bit later because I do want to focus on the youth movement of the St. Louis Blues team, not just Scott Brunovich and Jordan Cairo, but Robert Thomas and others as well, Clem Costin. I'm going to be getting into that in probably the second or third segment. But yeah, huge win for the Blues against the San Jose Sharks and uh, divisional matchup this weekend against the Dallas Stars. So a big test there. You know, those games are always a little bit more difficult, um, a little bit more testy. You know, there's standing, uh, standing points uh available for both teams you know you, you don't want to give the stars any extra points you don't want to lose blues are in third in the division right now it's very very competitive and any game against divisional opponents is a big one and it counts so huge game for the blues against the stars and i'm going to be getting into that in the second segment but first i want to talk about our good friends over at Built Bar. Now, Thanksgiving is right around the corner, and I personally love Thanksgiving. Love seeing my family. Love eating all the good food and treats. There's so many things to choose from, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar so you don't go into that food coma afterwards. And that is the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the perfect new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end, whereas Built Bars only have 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. You can replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar or Raspberry Built Bar instead of that Raspberry Pie. There's so many other good flavors to choose from to replace any pie or dessert you might want. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein, and the best part is they're all covered in 100% chocolate, so they're delicious as well as being healthy. Some... 
Share some at your family gatherings. Make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet for some reason. You got to give her one. Blow her mind. They're delicious. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at builtbar.com regularly. So check out the site often. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And we'll be right back. All right, so tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Eastern time, the St. Louis Blues are battling against divisional opponent in the Dallas Stars, who have been led by Braden Holtby between the pipes this season. Uh, Holtby, you know, as we know, uh, once an elite top-tier goaltender, struggled last year a little bit, and now comes to Dallas um, and is playing pretty solid hockey this year. The wins aren't necessarily there for him yet, but the save percentage and the goals allowed um are up there for him you know he's always going to be a a tough opponent to face and stars always play the blues really really well so overall it's going to be a big test for st louis the one thing that really sticks out to me is the stars are having a pretty bit of a hard time scoring the scoring the puck they don't have um they don't have any players really up there in in point per game or anything like that that are running away with it so there's no real huge threat that the blues are gonna have to neutralize but that doesn't mean the stars are going to be an easy opponent you know they got six wins early on here in the in the season and they've looked solid at times um and and like i said they're a divisional opponent so that's that's always going to be a test for the st louis blues look at here they are uh dallas stars are three two and one at home three five and one on the road so the blues going to dallas they've been better at home you know it's always tougher to play on the road it's it's going to be a big test um regardless uh the the stars have been have had the blues number you know i don't want to say have had the blues number because it's been competitive but it's always been competitive you know between these two teams ever since that playoff series way back when um during that cup run so it's going to be a big test for the Blues, but Braden Shen is hopefully likely to return, as Richard Clay points out. And it is an interesting question to see where Braden Shen will fit into this lineup, um, because I think it depends on... I think it might honestly be matchup-based um, at this point, because I, I'm not sure who comes out as that as that sort of 13th forward once Braden Shen comes back. Um, it could be Clem Costin. Uh, but it also could be a guy like James Neal, uh, depending on what they want to do. Um, but it's a good it's a good problem to have, having too much depth, having you know Braden Shen come back and be like, oh man, we got we got four forward lines that kind of were rolling last night against against San Jose. Where does Shen even fit in? Um, but I, I think once Shen comes back, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be huge for this team. Um, so, you know, having that extra depth uh, at the center position or even if they wanted to put him on wing will be really important for the Blues. Um, but in terms of where I see him fitting in, it depends. I, I think if Barubi wants to keep the first two lines together from yesterday, I could see Shen kind of coming in, slotting in it at the wing. Um, I could see him playing with Robert Thomas um, and Tarasenko as well. I think we saw that line a little bit earlier in the season. Um, but Braden Shen will will be a big big addition for the St. Louis Blues team. And I don't have I don't have yesterday's lines in front of me um off the top of my head. Let me pull up uh daily face off here on my computer so I can get a better idea of the line that I see Shen fitting in on. But overall I think if if you're looking at the Dallas Stars and you're saying what what do I need to do to beat them 
Uh, you gotta, I think if you're the Blues, you got to kind of look at it like any other game, you know, not get too hyped up in the divisional matchup because the, the Blues definitely have a tendency of playing up or down to their opponents. Um, we saw that in the Arizona game, unfortunately. We saw that, but we also saw that in the Edmondson and Carolina game. You know, no matter the quality of the opponent, the Blues do a really good job of hanging in there. So the Stars, I just got to treat like every other game. All right, here we go. Looking at the looking at the lines, Jordan Cairo, Ryan O'Reilly, David Perron, Bushnevich, Thomas Tarasenko, Saad, Sunquist, Barbashev, Kostin, Bozak, Neal. Where does Braden Shen fit in? That is a really good question because looking at that top six and looking at the way that that top six played yesterday – it's hard to move any of those guys out. It's hard to move to say David Perron moved down to the third line. If I had to guess, I would think that David Perron might be that odd man out um, in terms of the top six. I think you keep Thomas Bushnevich, Tarasenko together. That line has been really, really consistent for the St. Louis Blues. Um, it's been the one that sort of stuck together throughout the shuffling and the jumbling of the line. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that line stay together. Maybe see David Perron move down to that third line with Saad and Sundquist. Barbashev move down to that fourth line. And then maybe James Neal or Clem Costin comes out. But with Shen back in the lineup, the depth of this team looks really, really strong. Um Let's see. Gonna read. Gonna take a minute to read the chat a little bit. Richard Clay was the one who mentioned where Shen comes back in the lineup. So thanks for that. Uh, and then J Tap, long time, long time listener in the chat. He's been keeping track of locked on player of the game. I'm up 2-0. That's awesome. I- I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Tommy isn't here right now on this podcast, but I did text him to get his locked on player of the game for the Dallas Stars matchup. Uh, so I'm gonna have to think about mine, but I will read his off uh, when we get to that segment. Um, but yeah, that being said, keys to the game against the Dallas Stars. Play your game if you're the St. Louis Blues. It's a divisional matchup. It's always going to have a little bit extra pressure, a little bit extra intensity added to it just because of those divisional matchups. And if you lose, not only are you not getting two points, but you're giving someone else that's chasing you in the standings two points to gain on you. So it's, it's really a four-point swing if you think about it. The Blues can bridge the gap between them and the Dallas Stars even further, or the Stars can win a game and catch up to the Blues. So big implications there. Um, I, I, I'm excited for it, you know, Saturday night hockey, prime time, always a good time, but I'm, I'm, I'm anxious because the blues played really well against the sharks, but they also have played really, really poorly in the games before that. So it's, it's going to be a matter of sort of capturing that momentum and carrying it over into the stars game and, and not falling back into the patterns and the habits that they showed during that losing streak. Um, and I, I, I think they'll do a good job of that. Um, putting up 50 shots against the Sharks, you know, you can't really say, oh, that's a fluke. You know, they, that losing, you, you can't really look at that and say the Blues still show the tendencies of the losing streak. Um, if they had won, you know, a close game against the Sharks and got out shot and got outplayed, it would be a different story. But they dominated the Sharks from puck drop to final buzzer. So overall, I'm really satisfied with the way that the Blues looked last night. And I think that it, it is more of an, more indicative of their, uh, potential as a team when compared to uh, the them during the losing streak. That being said, I think it is time to head into the second ad break of today's episode before we get into the third segment. So when we come back, I'm going to be continuing to preview the matchup between the St. Louis Blues and Dallas Stars, talking about the youth movement of the team and how beneficial it's been for the Blues' success. But first, 
want to tell you guys about Bet Online. If you guys have any score predictions for tomorrow's game against the Dallas Stars, you can put your money where your mouth is at betonline.ag. They are back and better than ever. A brand new web interface for the start of basketball and hockey season, plus more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball, football, and hockey action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus along with your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED on to receive that bonus from basketball football nhl boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts and i'll be right back with the third segment of today's episode all right we're back, third segment, hopping in the chat real quick before I get into the, the final segment of today's episode. Richard Clay says he could see Shen at 3C and Sonny moves over to third right wing. Um, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised just with how solid that top six looks. I think the third line, calling it a third line is is a little insulting um to them you know because i feel like when you think of a third line you think of a like sort of a grind it out physical you know defensive focused line and that's not what that is for the st louis blues i I, they don't even have like three four lines at this point it's just three sets of forwards that they can roll out at any point so if we do see shen slotting in at that third line center i mean the depth of this team could would just be absolutely crazy um with the center depth. I, I don't know if Sunquist moving to wing is something that would happen. I I think they like him at center a lot. Um he's pretty decent on the draws and he's very good with his positioning at the center uh, when he's playing center uh with his defensive ability. I would if anything, I think Shen would get moved to wing if that were to be the case. Um but I don't know if Shen uh on the third line is what's gonna happen. But then again, who knows? Because like I, like I was just saying, third line isn't really a third line, especially when you look at ice time. That's not really how the lines are lining up anyways. Third liners are getting more minutes than first liners in some case for the Blues. Um, so it, it's, 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 it's interesting. I, I think the Blues could really do anything with Braden Shen coming back into the lineup with the amount of center depth that they have. Um, JTAP says in the chat, remember when center depth was a huge problem? Absolutely. Before the... Before the O'Reilly addition, uh, the center depth of this team was non-existent. You had Patrick Berglund at, at your first-line center. Yori Laterra at your first-line center. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at, well, dang, we got too many centers. Some of them are going to have to play wing. It, it's a great, great, great problem to have, especially you know when you need to shuffle up the lines, when guys get thrown out of the face-off dot, whatever it may be. Um, the Blues have so many quality centers that can really play anywhere in their lineup that it just does wonders for them. Um, Shen coming back is going to be interesting in terms of where he's going to fit in the lineup, just because I don't think the Blues want to break up. Like I said, I don't think the Blues want to break up that second line with um, Buchnevich, Thomas, and Tarasenko. It's been one of their best lines. Vladimir Tarasenko has like seven shots on goal uh, in each game of his last like three games. He's been insane this season, having his best season in recent memory for me, for sure. Um, that first line, you know, you could argue that David Perron could get moved down, but then the flip side of that is David Perron got moved up to the first line from the third line and had one of his best games of the season last night. So do you really want to move him down? Uh, Richard Clay points out in chat that it could give Shen some time to shake some rust off. That's a good point. 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Blues sort of reintegrate Shen initially towards the bottom of the lineup, like in the third line, just because those two top forward lines were rolling so much last night that like, I don't know if you want to sort of risk breaking up that chemistry um, to reintegrate Shen. I don't know if Shen on the third line is the long-term solution, uh, but then again, it really depends because the Blues don't really roll forward lines in a traditional way. They're not, you know, playing their first line 20 minutes, second line 17 minutes, third line 14 minutes. It's, it's if, you know, a lot, the top end forwards are getting 17, 18, 19, 20 minutes, to, regardless of what line they're on with like power play and penalty kill time. So um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, especially because the lines last night were kind of the first time we saw those line combinations this season, but they worked so well that like, I, I if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, it. It's, it's, it's a good problem to have. That's been such a common theme this year. Um, you know, if I had a nickel for every time I said, quote, it's a good problem to have, I would be a, I would be a rich, rich man. Because uh, the Blues have a lot of good problems. Reintegrating Shen into the lineup right now, I'm sitting here like, man, how are the Blues going to fit Shen back into the lineup? But it's it's uh, it's something that is beneficial, you know, when you're when you're playing the St. Louis Blues and you know you face the first and second line, and, and you think, oh man, you know, got through those tough four lines. Who's who's hopping out now? And then Brandon Saad, Oscar Sundqvist, Ivan Barbashev hop over the ice. Three guys that are just going to give give you absolute nightmares in the corner going after the puck it's no breaks for the opponent and that's why i think putting Braden shen on that third line might even make a little bit more sense um now that i think about it um let's see richard clay says he got a booch Devins jersey two days ago jay tap might get a boot jersey booch has been great for the blues this year that's another thing i wanted to talk about is um the additions of the st louis blues when they went out in this off season and they added pavel Buchnevich and brandon Saad and you know, everyone got so hyped up over how good they were going to be. I feel like every time your team goes out and you as players, they get overhyped. And I think both of those guys have really lived up to the hype. Um, Brendan Saad was really, really good last night. Two goals, continuing his monster shooting percentage. Seems like every other shot he takes finds the back of the net. Um, Pavel Buchnevich was a little bit slow coming off of his suspension, but ever since then has been a really solid player for the Blues, really good two-way player, honestly, uh, generating a ton of offense for them. Um, and the power play as well looked really, really strong for the Blues last night. Another area where Braden Shen can probably slot in and do a solid job for the Blues. Um, that being said, I do think it is time to crown the locked on players of the game for the st louis blues tomorrow night against the dallas stars before we wrap this one up i will first read tommy's locked on player of the game and that totally isn't because i'm stalling still trying to think of mine um it is i i still don't know who i'm gonna pick but for the locked on player of the game from tommy i got the text right here he's picking david perron because david perron has nasty numbers against the stars i I think that's a really good pick. David Perron is one of those guys that seems to seems to turn it on in those big games, seems to get that little bit of extra pep in his step against those divisional opponents. And I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe Tommy is right that David Perron is a big fan of putting up numbers against the Dallas Stars. Um, he's a guy that has been really, really solid this season. I think he's third in the team in points, which is amazing considering we were just sort of talking about how he's been slumping this year um, a little bit. He's third in the team in points. Um you know, veteran presence for the St. Louis Blues, sort of the counteracting Cairo and Thomas being one and two in points. Then you got veteran presence David Perron in there at number three. So um, I think that's a really solid pick. 
uh, for sure. I think um, Perron's going to have a big night. I better not go with a top three guy. Well, you know, I, I was thinking about my pick. Um, I have a couple of different routes that I want to take. Um, I don't, I don't know, but now I do feel a little bad because Tommy was giving me a, a hard time because I took, I took Ryan O'Reilly one day and I think I took Vladimir Tarasenko the other day. Um, that being said, my pick for locked on player of the game. Let me check out these lines. Hmm. Hmm. If I gotta beat David Perron, because now it's a competition. Now it's not just who I want to pick the best player. JTAP's keeping track of all the of all the picks, so I, I, it's it's a com- competition now. Um, no, but I, I do think that in a game against a team like the Dallas Stars, while your star players are important, the depth is really what's what it's going to come to um, in terms of um, beating them. And part of me wants to go with Jordan Bennington as my lockdown player of the game, but that does feel a little cheap. Um, because I think that, you know, you know what you're getting out of him any night, and the Stars don't necessarily have the most high-powered offense um, out there. So I think Bennington's going to have a solid game, but I don't think he's necessarily the pick for locked-on player of the game. I think I'm going to go with a guy that we've been talking about in the chat. Oh, loser has to eat a ghost pepper. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so JTAP's idea is at the end of the season, we're going to tally up all the all the picks for locked-on player of the game, and whoever comes in last eats a ghost pepper. I'll have to run that by Tommy, but that sounds uh, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. Uh, I'll have to run that by Tommy. I think my pick for locked-on player of the game is going to be a guy that we talked about in chat a little bit, a guy that's been really soft for the St. Louis Blues, that's had a lot of scoring opportunities, that is probably right sniffing on right close to Sniffin, uh, getting some goals, getting a, getting a hash rig or something in there. And that is going to be Pavel Buchnevich. That second line for the St. Louis Blues has been dominant. Thomas Buchnevich, Tarasenko has been so solid. Buchnevich has been making, or T- Thomas has been making passes left and right. Tarasenko's been getting scoring opportunities left and right. And Buchnevich has sort of been the, the third musketeer of that line. Not that he's been bad by any means, but it's sort of been Robert Thomas and Vladimir Tarasenko taking all the shine. But that being said, Pavel Buchnevich has had a really, really solid run with that line as well. Um, I still think he's improving every single game from his suspension. Um, I think he brings a lot to the St. Louis Blues. I think the numbers, the you know, the goals are are not quite where he would want them to be. Maybe uh, at this point in the season, he's got four goals, six assists for ten points. Uh, which is plenty for him, but I think he could easy him capable of doing a little bit better. He's had a lot of scoring opportunities that just missed, uh, and I think he's right around the corner from really opening the floodgates. So for that reason, I'm going to pick Pavel Buchnevich as my locked-on player of the game. Tommy is going with David Perron. Overall, I think the forwards are going to be the recipe for success for the St. Louis Blues this season. I think if the defense can play solidly and consistently like they did against San Jose, they don't really need any you know, heroic performances from the defensive end or the goaltending, as long as the offense continues to roll. Um, and the offense was really spearheaded by that second line last night. So that being said, I'm going with Pavel Buchnevich, but that whole second line in general, I think is going to be the key to beating the Dallas Stars. That being said, it is time to wrap up today's episode. I just said that being said like 14 times in the last sentence. So uh, love that. Uh, but we're wrapping this episode up. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thanks, to everyone who was in the chat. JTAP, Richard Clay, early episode today. Thank you guys for joining us. Um, but if you want to be like them and join the YouTube chat, make sure you hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel at Locked On Blues and hit the notification bell. That way, whenever we go live with these episodes, we do literally every single episode live on YouTube. You guys can join, watch, 
chat, get your name read on the air, get your questions read on the air, talk to me and Tommy. Uh, it's a lot of fun. We love you guys for doing it. We enjoy it so much. This YouTube thing has been so much fun ever since we started it. Uh, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, though. And if you're feeling kind, leave us a review. Follow us on all social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, at LockedOnBlues. Follow me on Twitter, at Josh Hyman NHL. You can follow Tommy at TWelcher15. Thanks so much for listening this week. Hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. And as always, let's go Blues.